Did we enjoy our return to the Spider-Verse? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. everybody and welcome back to only stupid answers this is the show where we answer your questions about movies tv shows comic books spider verses i'm your host dj wildridge with me as always is roxy stryer and today we have a very special guest hector how, how you doing so great thank you guys so much for having me very happy to see both of your lovely faces i always forget that this is the only stupid answers podcast does yes. that does that let you off the hook Yes. If people go like, you didn't answer my question correctly. You go, what's the name of the podcast? Yeah. Jump. <laughs> what do you? What do you? It's it's the same thing when people uh, are frustrated <laughs> with like, oh DJ, you never like things. It listen, my handle's DJ talks trash, not DJ likes things. Oh, you, you like. know what? <laughs> that is true. I'm very often mad at you for your takes, but I got to remind myself, your handle is what you're yeah. advertising. Okay. Listen, I'm a grumpy boy. It, I am what I am at this point. I'm not changing. So, um, <laughs> but today, listen, today's a happy day because today is a Spider Verse day, and Spider Verse days are always happy days. In this house, and I assume everybody's houses. Uh, but Hector, before we get into that, you've been on the show before, but for those that maybe this is the first one they're listening to, who are you? Mm -hmm. Where can they find you? Well, I advertise myself as being funny, and that's a huge mistake because <laughs> yeah. I mostly just retweet political things on Twitter. I mostly just retweet things that make me mad, and I'm yeah. like, people got to know about this, and I retweet it, and people go, you're not, that's not funny, man. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey, listen. I These shouldn't are dark have done that. days. These are dark days. All right. We don't, I don't have to be funny all the time. Roxy's the smartest one here. She knows how to market herself correctly. That's first and last name. That's it. <laughs> Boom. Well, heck, I don't know about smartest, but it, at least there's no <laughs> expectations going in. There I'm not you go. funny. I don't talk trash. It's just me. <laughs> well, Hector, did you run into the same problem I had, which is you could not do your name for whatever reason? No. You want to know the reality is um, I have internalized racism, I think. And years ago, when I did these uh, social media handles, yeah. I went, I do not trust white people to remember how to spell my last name. I'll give them, I'm like, you better learn my first name. Pretty mm -hmm. easy. It's yeah. Greek. You got to <laughs> know how to spell that. So I'll call myself Hector is funny. Yeah. Easier to remember, hopefully. What's the name of that? What's that guy's name I just saw on the internet? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember, but I think he's, he's Hector is funny, and you look it up, and then it's there. Versus Hector Navarro, two R's, one V, two A's, one O. You know, yeah. I I couldn't. That was my own thing of trying to like years and years and years of living in the United States, even in California, even in Southern California, encountering certain situations where people would like mispronounce or misspell my last name, and I'm like, it's pretty easy, but I'm gonna let you guys off the hook, white people. Here's yeah. my handle: Hector is funny. That's Do so I regret it? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. It's like, um, maybe this is my priv showing, but nobody's ever spelled my last name correct ever, not one time. Sure. Um, and I, or said it correct. And every time, this is my new thing, which is horrible. I'm like, spells and sounds like liar. And then it's like, but then yeah. that's bad branding. It's not good right. tactic. <laughs> right. It is. But I can't say fire because then they spell it wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like, right. it's it the I-A-R that's the liar. It is interesting because I, you, Hector, your last name is pretty standard. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. complicated. Yeah, yeah. Like, mine is yeah. like, yeah, listen, I, I just accept it. Like, when I go, people are just going to say my name wrong. And it's fine. Yep. And I don't, I, it's, I, I you, with your last name, they could drop the D. 
Yeah, they could the usually. first D. They could they usually they might drop the L. Yeah. I don't know. Like and and Roxy, I'm sure that you've had difficulty with that. Here, here's an idea. How about instead if you say spelled like the 1997 hit, liar liar. <laughs> it's better to add two liars than be one liar. More yeah. positive. People yeah. love yeah. that movie. It's a yeah. beloved yeah. film. It's a beloved yeah. film. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so like, you know, liar, longer... like liar, but I'm not. It's just like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you say, like the Jim Carrey movie, Liar, Liar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. go, I love that movie. Oh, Roxy, you're great. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I love I'm it. See? Be Roxy Stryer Stryer. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but it would be right both times. It would yeah. be spelled correctly both times. <laughs> All right. So. As I mentioned before, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, but a little business up top. If you want to listen to this episode early without ads or watch these episodes live, you can do that over patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Um, if you listen to this podcast on Spotify, we ask a question every week. Last week's question was, what makes you drop a streaming platform? Stormy Wood said, mm. price. I can only afford one streaming service at a time. Uh, Rayson Marie says, I think I've only dropped one site, and that was Crunchyroll because the... Uh, it just wouldn't work on my TV. If I'm uh, paying for something, I need the site to actually work. Um, Hector, so we had Lon on. We were talking about the future streaming and everything. For you, what is a deal breaker for a streaming service? What makes you think like, hey, bye, I'm leaving? Um, I, uh, my girlfriend and I got a, got a streaming service before the merger discovery plus mm-hmm. because she wanted to watch one show i think or then we had like we were watching one show stanley tucci's searching for italy mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what made me drop the service is I, it's a lovely show it's stan that's actor stanley tucci yeah who is of lovely. italian ancestry italian descent and he can't he, find italy he's on the map he can't and he's like where the f- it's a it's a food show roxy yeah. it's food <laughs> And he, God damn it, where's Italy? Yeah, he, he loves Italian food, and it's such a bummer because the show was canceled, and each intro was like, I'm going to go to every every one of the 22 regions of Italy to talk about the food and the people. And, you know, so, like, he had planned to do at least 22 episodes going through every, like, territory, state, I don't know what they are in Italy, but, like, each oh. different area. Little pocket. Little pocket, and it's it was a really cool show, and then it got hit with covid so they like shut down and then they try to do it post COVID and, you know, during the pandemic shutdown. And it's very interesting. Two seasons when we finished, I dropped the service because I'm like, just one show, finish it, then drop the service. Yeah. I'm the person who, if there aren't, and I know, Roxy, you're a TV um, expert. You're a professional you so TV much. viewer. You're a <laughs> professional TV viewer. Even if I'm like, I only have a handful of streaming services that I'm like, well, I have no problem paying for this and this is for me and this is for forever. I've got Disney Plus because I love a lot of that stuff. I've got um, Netflix because I've had it and I still have things in my queue that I'm trying to watch and I still like things on Netflix. And I have um, uh, Paramount Plus, but I had CBS All Access because of Star Trek. Yeah. Because I'm a Trekkie. So those three, so I don't pay for my own Hulu. I share that with my uh, roommate. I don't pay for Amazon Prime. I don't pay for... Um, I'm trying to think what else are the other major ones, but I, Peacock, I'm, but yeah, Peacock. I don't do Peacock, even yeah. though I love, sure. I Shutter. love reruns of the office or whatever. I don't do shutter. I'm not a horror guy typically, yeah. but, and I'm open to more horror things, but I'm not, that wasn't like marketed to me. So I'm like, I don't have shutter. I'll borrow people's logins or whatever. If there's something that it, it, it's a must watch, then I'll get the service, watch it and then try to 
delete it. But I'm hey, all I, I'm fine with just my three. Yeah, I've gone down such a rabbit hole because of you right now, Hector. Just quick trivia for you guys: Stanley Tucci apparently on the show and in life is married to Felicity Blunt, correct? Sister of Emily Blunt. Did his you guys brother, know? This? Yes, I did. His brother-in-law is John Krasinski. Yes. Did, you guys knew that? No, I didn't. Abra- Abraham Erskine's son-in-law was almost Steve Rogers, but not. But now he's Reed Richards. And, I just, and one name. universe, but maybe not and maybe his, not the main one. His sister-in-law and Stanley was Tucci almost Black dinners. Widow. Did the yes. family dinners together. Yeah. Yes, I know this. And, yeah. Wow, this is wild. This show looks really good. And now it on is. the site, it's like now on Max. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is Max? Okay, <laughs> yes. I'm back. We're back. We're, we're in it. We're in it. Um, so I was gonna. I was thinking we would talk briefly about literally right before we aired, uh, started recording. The new TMNT trailer dropped. Hector, did you see it? No, I didn't. And okay. it's because I'm saving my reaction because I'm gonna watch it with my buddies for my YouTube channel, and they and they were unable to do it before we did this podcast yes. this morning. They're like, we can do it after 11 p.m. or whatever, or 11 a.m. And I'm like, okay. I won't watch it. Sorry, DJ. Nope. But I've seen the first one, yeah. and the movie okay. looks amazing. It, it looks amazing. It, it looks incredible. We'll leave it at that. And listen, we've got a ton to talk about with Spider-Verse. So <laughs> let's just dive in. I was just going to bring it up because it is clearly influenced by Spider-Verse in that we are trying, especially with this IP stuff, we're trying to do new things with animation, and I love it. And that's basically all I wanted to say. I love it. Thank you, Spider-Verse. Yeah. I like what we're doing here. It makes me happy. So let's dive right in. <coughs> Cough. Where you're talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Um, this is directed by uh, Kent Powers, Justin K. Thompson, and Joaquin Dos Santos. And if you've listened to the show before, specifically Sam and I, I know Sam and I talked about it. Joaquin Dos Santos uh, directed episodes of Justice League Unlimited and Legend of Korra. And I think he was a he was a producer on the Netflix's Voltron. So basically in the last 20 years, if you've watched an animated series and you're like, wow, that action scene is fucking incredible. Joaquin Dos Santos, Santos, he yeah. directed it. And you yep, can, yep. I don't know about you, Hector, when I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is, yeah. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'm I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited that the that the first movie to the second movie, those directors like stepped away and other directors came in, and it feels like the entire philosophy behind the team at the Spider Verse franchise is that they are trying to encourage, and incubate, and build up talent within their animation world. Yeah, right. It's not just a no shade to Pixar. It's not just like a, you directed this hit movie, go ahead and direct the sequel, go ahead and direct the sequel. And, yeah. you know, and because we know it's a sure thing. They were like, no, we got to mix it up. Let's do it. They brought in one of the directors from Soul, you know, from Pixar Soul, who was, yeah. I, th- I believe, originally writing on that. And then he got sort of promoted within to be a co-director of Soul, which is great. Similar thing happened on Coco. One of the main writers or storyboard artists sort of got got promoted to become co-director and I think also partly because those movies deal with a black experience and a Mexican experience and the people who I'm describing as being sort of like promoted, yeah. they happen to have those same backgrounds. And it was very helpful to the mostly white male director level at Pixar for like, you know, Andrew Stanton and those people to be like, yeah, come on up. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, 
Pete Doctor or whatever, be like, I don't know what it's like to be a black guy. Come on up and help me uh, direct this movie. Well, but kind of Spider Verse, yeah, seems yeah. to be doing that from the from the get. Like that's totally. that's what they've been doing. Total. And again, give Joaquin DeSantis his flowers. He's incredible. Like his work yeah. is incredible. So I'm yes. so thankful that um, he is in here. So Roxy is having some technical issues on her end, but she's back now. She's back. <laughs> Everything is dark now. Everything. But my phone seems to be. Can you guys see me? Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. enough. We'll take there we it. go. So we're just going to keep we're just gonna Roxy, keep going. your lighting looks great. Your lighting looks fantastic. You what, found your light. I, Hector, <laughs> I've gone natural. That's, you know, they keep saying, go au natural. And I was like, that <laughs> means no studio lights. Yep. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. Whoopee. Yes, team. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this movie is written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller and Dave Callahan. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. And we're going to start off spoiler-free thoughts on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Hector, spoiler-free thoughts. What did you think of this movie? It is incredible. It's incredible at every level. I think it's richer and and um, a little deeper emotionally than the first film in ways. I think that there are things that this movie does better than the first film. I think that there are. Uh, um, uh, oh, am I still? Are we still in? Okay, yeah. cool. you're just you're just showing a cool picture. Yep. There we go. Oh my god! And just as a Spider-Man fan, I was just elated the entire time a couple of moments that they made just for me where mm-hmm. i was like oh that's oh that eat it, ooh, yeah. ah, ooh. It, it's it makes me so happy but it but at the core of the story and i'm very 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 happy to report it's still a story about miles mm-hmm. it's still what this character is going through and it's so compelling and it's and it's it, it's this this movie and the first one and then probably the third one frankly i think they're the best movies based on superheroes ever made i think they're the best movies based on a comic book ever made and i think they might even be better than any marvel comics experience that you have as a comic book reader i i thought this while watching the movie i'm like this movie feels like what it felt like for me as a kid to read spider-man comics marvel Mm -hmm. comics but specifically spider-man comics this 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 feeling of like i can't in my head and in my heart, it always made it better than what was just sort of on the page, especially if you read comics in the 90s, mm-hmm. which I love. But when you go back and read them as an adult, you go, oh, this oh, is bad. Dude, this there is, is not a great. hilarious 90s yes, comic show yes. in this movie. <laughs> great, 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 great. But it um, it just left me happy in every conceivable way. So um, just, just incredible. Roxy, uh, what did you think? Uh, me? Roxy. Roxy, you're up. <laughs> Two things. Number one. Can you hear hear all of my fire alarms going off or no? No, actually. <laughs> so yeah. great. Um, number two, Hector is me and I am Hector. Like, yeah. it, like that, I mean, yeah. Uh, for so many different reasons. Um, uh, just prefacing this, and if you're an OSA fan, you've known this for a while. There's never been a Spider-Man movie I didn't like. So, like, that's a weird, it's the only superhero I can say that about. So I know that I am not, I don't have the most discerning eye when it comes to Spider-Man because he just works for me. As a character in all forms, all the movies, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I'm looking at you. I just like them all. But I think that because of that, 
when I talk about the Spider-Man movies, there was this one episode of the World Girls that I did once, and we were ranking all of our superhero movies, and I put in one slot and all the Spider-Man movies, and I got mm -hmm. annihilated for it. But I do have a hard time the distinguishing one from the next in terms of how much I like it versus how much I get, because I just like them all. This movie really stands out above and on its own from the rest, I feel. Like, I, as I was watching it, I just can't believe that we live in a time period where you were able to create this movie. Um, mm -hmm. When I was sitting watching it, I'm thinking, how, how the fuck did they do this? I just can't believe that they were able yeah. to make this. How did they do that? Like to be a fly on the wall during this production would be the best learning experience of your entire life. Because yeah. I didn't know we were able to make things look like this. I still don't know mm -hmm. that we're able to make things look like this. Like how, and how did that not take you thousands of years? Like how mm -hmm. did well, it took them five, right, but yeah, right. <laughs> but I literally mean thousands, like yeah. five years feels like it would never be enough time ever to make every right. single frame look like this. Um, and then on top of that, you know, there's a lot of superhero movies, especially Spider-Man movies, but that people talk about being overloaded or fully loaded. And when this movie starts, I do get, with without spoilers, I was like, okay, we are introducing a lot of things right now. A lot mm -hmm. of concepts, a lot of people, a lot of places, a lot of things, a lot of relationships. They are asking us to be invested in a lot. Um, I wonder how that's going to go. And then it mm -hmm. just went so well. Like, I can't believe that they, <laughs> they, like they bit off as much as they could chew. That, like mm -hmm. they, and they knew that yeah. just was such a confident, even when the title card decides to come in was such a confident choice. Um, yes. I, I was yes. like, and you can kind of feel that in the, in the screening, everybody was like, yeah. And it was like, mm -hmm. wow, this is interesting that you guys, I, I don't know whether that's a Lord and Miller just been at this for a long time. So st structurally, they just understand when to do what. Um, but just for so many reasons, I was just awestruck by this. It's one of those movies that you're like, anybody who asks me to come on and talk about this or anybody at a bar who wants to speak on this or any of my friends who call me, I want to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think it's um and it's an incredible movie. I think the acting and the humor and the it, I think I think what for me uh obviously the animation is top notch. It's incredibly inventive. Um I think for me as uh, both you touched on, I think the secret sauce is what I'm going to refer to as the emotionality of it, like the yep. feelings of these characters and the feelings of the audience about these characters are taken seriously. Um, and I think that gives them a lot of, uh, uh, wins them a lot of goodwill. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like Hector was saying, I think as a longtime fan of Spider-Man, there's, there's going to be moments in there that, that are, feel specifically targeted to you. There was a, like, mm -hmm. there's at least a couple references like, oh, that's a thing that I feel like I'm the only one that cares about, but clearly you <laughs> care about it too because it's in this movie. Yeah. Um, I will say, DJ Talks Trash, I will say, like <laughs> criticisms, um, uh, I do think maybe they bit off more they could, than they could chew in that. This movie has like two first acts, 
there's like a whole 20 minute yeah. sequence that it's like yeah. and it's and it, when i see it's great dj it's a great you're gonna, sequence you're gonna <laughs> retract that statement the same way captain george stacy retracted a statement <laughs> after the third one comes out and but, then we're talking about across and beyond as almost like one big movie and yes. then you're gonna be like they're, but I don't like you know. It's the same. No, it's the same it. thing I don't like about Dune. It's like you could have fit this in the one movie. Um, and I'm not uh, saying they could have done that with this. But I do <laughs> think I do think. And and there's like we introduce. It takes about a good hour until we get into. Hey, here's what we're doing. Right. We introduce a conflict, and then it's like put a pin in that. Like literally, we don't resolve right. it. We just it just stops happening for a second, and then we introduce a whole other conflict, and mm-hmm. then at the end of the movie, here's another con. And and it's mm-hmm. all great, and it's all stuff I'm invested in, and I like, and I love. But I do feel like but it could have been structured DJ, a little just, better. <laughs> just imagine a year or so from now when you're going to be able to like double feature both of these, and that's going to be the greatest. It's going to be three, four hours of your okay, life. Five, four hours. <laughs> the thing is, though, DJ, you are absolutely not wrong. What you are saying. Yeah, no, you're. What you're yes, saying correct. Are, are facts. Um, and that might not work for some people. I think it worked for all right. of us to varying degrees. Like, obviously, for DJ, it sounds like you still liked it anyway. For me and Hector, it oh, yeah, liked swimmingly it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do, when this movie did end, I did have that thought of like, I wonder if this is going to work more for diehards than casuals because uh, – and also, as Hector said before, um, if I'm good at one thing on the planet, it's TV. And so mm-hmm. I genuinely don't care about coming back for a next episode. That is my life. I like that structure. <laughs> or, I, or a next season. Yeah, next yeah. season. It didn't bother me in Dune. It doesn't bother me here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been well-versed for this forever. I understand this is a different medium, but even with – um, every single tr- uh, trilogy, quadrilogy, yeah. made up a word. What's it called when there's four of them? No, that's fine. That's a real word. Yep, saga. I think at that point we start saying like saga or cycle or something. Saga, quintuplet, for all yeah. of those. But, but I feel here, like... here's the thing. We we are living in a post-Infinity War, right. Avengers Infinity War world. Yeah. And we're also, sorry, if we're talking about stuff in the geek space, like this is just Empire Strikes Back. But DJ is right. Roxy, you're right. There are people, there are movie critics, film critics, there are people who view movies as like, okay, they've all got to have different um, categories in how we view them. And if one of them is, does this work as a standalone piece of art, a standalone piece of storytelling? The answer is no. So do you think Hector... Right? Sometimes people ask, like, what's the best standalone Star Wars movie? And people go, oh, Empire Strikes Back. And I go, it depends on what you mean by standalone. Because if that's what you... if, If the standalone is... Anybody could watch this movie without having seen any other Star Wars movie. The answer cannot be Empire Strikes Back. It needs to be A New Hope. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like, I'm 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 hearing that, and that is you guys are right. That's absolutely valid. Of like, there's probably going to be movie critics that are like, well, this doesn't work as its own self-contained thing. But we all kind of know the context of there was a movie that came before. There's going to be a movie that comes after. Plus, it, within the story, it's metatextual. It's talking about not just these movies, but comic books and cartoon shows and Spider-Man mythos and what it means to be a superhero and all these things that, you know, movies are not made in a bubble. We don't view them in bubbles. They're not. In, we're not in a vacuum where we're aliens with our memories wiped and we sit down and watch a movie and we're like, what is Spider-Man? Like, we, we, we bring things to this. And the, the, I think that the best made movies especially things like Spider-Verse, they know how to work with that without asking too, too much. So, yeah. Uh, What were you going to ask, Roxy? For you guys, both of you, uh, because I I agree with everything you're saying, and 
Hector, I do think that self-contained is one way of looking at how you want your movies. Mm-hmm. Not you, but one might. I right. I think that a movie in order to work for me doesn't need to be self-contained, but does need to have a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And I th- I felt like this did. Did you guys feel like this movie had a beginning, middle, and end? Yeah, I mean, I think you can you can argue that. Are we getting into spoilers yet? Should not we yet. Make not that yet. Transfer? I'll give a I'll give a specific demarcation. Okay, for spoilers. but I think that the way that this movie structured, I think you can argue that it does have a beginning, middle, end. The same way that Empire Strikes Back has a beginning, middle, end, but it's also technically not the end of that trilogy or the end of the story. You know, like that that there is a a a notion of we'll see you in the next one. Yeah, you know, um, I could, I think even maybe Dune Part One kind of has that. It has a beginning, middle, end, but it's also not the end of that story. It's all end, think, not the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know that I agree that it has an end. It has a lot of beginning and a lot of middle um, okay. uh, for me. But I, I think also I think a broader issue with what we're doing with like blockbuster media, like the Batman, which is a movie I love. Mm-hmm. has a whole hour it doesn't need like it just you know what i mean like i feel like i feel like maybe it's the editor in me that it's like we could tight we could tighten this up we can make it a little leaner and meaner and and uh, i think that would improve mm-hmm. uh mike joyce asked in the discord does it feel like a whole movie or just a part one and i think what i'm hearing from you two is it does feel like a whole movie and to me it, it feels like more of a very good part i didn't like infinity war so much because it felt like a part one i didn't like dune so much because it felt like a part one yeah even though this feels like part one i like this more than those sure Here, here's what i wonder if people get it, who was it that asked that question in the discord mike DJ? Joyce. who was that who mike joyce if mike hears the answer mike just heard yeah is mike gonna go eh, i'll probably skip this one then i'll probably wait till the second one comes out and it's like no mike go see the movie like you know you're gonna go see it i don't go know what it. you're what kind of answer you're looking for, is that really going to determine whether or not you're going to skip this I one? Think, do not skip this. I don't think for Mike specifically, but I do think that some people will hear that this is not standalone and they will skip the movie. Because, like... That's wild. I have a lot of friends from back Foolish. home that are not caught up or, like, they don't watch all of these. So they want to be able sure. to pick and choose. And I don't think that this would have the same emotional impact if you didn't see the first one or if you're not oh, planning sure. on seeing the third one. Um, Roxy, if you got if you got friends who haven't seen the first one, dump they it. ain't your friends yeah, anymore. That's, <laughs> that's what thank you. <laughs> thank you. Cut them, cut them out. I, uh, yep. I will it. also say, to your point, if if theaters are your thing, go see this in theaters. Like this is oh, a yeah. great movie to see in the theaters. Like um Here's 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 my biggest criticism of the film. Uh-oh. And this is real. Okay. This is real, non spoiler. Um, I don't think they're releasing a 3D version of this. And I believe that is the biggest mistake a, a, a film has made ever. You are I a think big while watching guy. this movie. Roxy, have you been over to my house yet? <laughs> Why haven't I been invited, Hector? I've, been, I've invited you multiple times. DJ knows. Yeah. You were talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2 earlier, Roxy. DJ knows I go to bat for that movie. Yes. I have that on 3D Blu-ray. Like uh, That is a movie that I kind of love, even though it's bad. But yeah. Spider-Verse, I have the first one in 3D. And it is an example of something I put on to show off the format to people. When people yeah. go, I'm not really a 3D person. I go, shut up. I love you, <laughs> but shut up. Watch this. Watch a few minutes of this. And you'll see what it could do to enhance the storytelling. Why did they do it for the first one, but not for this one? I don't know, Roxy. Why did they put? Why did they release Venom and Venom? Let there be Carnage in 3D. Mm -hmm. 
but not Morbius. Well, I know why they didn't release Morbius in 3D. They didn't because why would money. they? Because I think it costs somewhere between five and ten million dollars to 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 for the expenses of a film to release a version of that movie in 3D. And I think there's number crunchers at Sony who are probably like, let's do it for the first Venom movie. It's PG-13. It'll and maybe it made enough back. They did it for the second Venom movie, and maybe it didn't make enough back, and they went, stop, we're making Morbius right now, we're not going to put that one out in 3D. Yeah. And maybe between the first Spider-Verse and this one, maybe enough of Sony's budget changed that they went, ah, okay, we'll let you make the movie, we'll, we'll let you make across the Spider-Verse, but we're going to save 5 to $10 million or whatever, and not, which is the stupidest thing, this movie would be beyond stunning if it was allowed to be seen in 3D. I'm just hoping that... I've heard rumors that they may be releasing a version of the movie in 3D in China or in some other territories around the world. Yeah. No joke. I've heard rumors that it's going to be in Australia and I'm about to go to Australia, so I'm going to hunt it down this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. hunt it to try to watch this because, oh my God, that's my biggest frustration with Hollywood right now is they just make these 3D movie versions and then they just like disappear them. They never let them... Yep. They never let. Oh, the, I've you, uh, I, I've heard the tales of how you've hunted down 3D Blu-rays from different territories. I've imported movies from South Korea. Yeah. I've imported movies from Japan. I've imported movies from India. I've imported movies from Germany. I've spent way too. I spent way too much. I spent like ninety dollars to get a copy of like Black Widow in 3D. Like, ooh, Black Widow. Listen, I liked <laughs> Black Widow. I just don't know. Do. I spend that much money on a 3D version of it. It's not worth ninety dollars, but it's like how Disney. I'll give you ninety dollars. Yeah. What do you want from me? Give me, you know, whatever. Okay, I think we can answer some of these questions before we go into the spoilers. We have a couple other questions from the Discord. Um, uh, Hema, I think is how it's pronounced. It's X I M E. Feel free to yell at me in the Discord so I pronounce it right next time. Um, do you have a favorite Spider-Man in the film? Oh my god! That I know we is all want to say all of them because they're all, and that's something I think this movie does excellently is that every yeah. Spider-Man that shows up, they're like, "Here's why yeah. this one should be your favorite," and it's a lesson that I hope whoever the MCU hires to do the X-Men, it's like pay attention to this. Because right. this is what you're going to need. Because like uh, Sal and I have been rewatching the X movies, and the the original X movies, and they're a lot of fun. But it is one of those like it's just Wolverine. It's just, just Wolverine, he's and he's just the best. Yeah, I love Wolverine. But but we we joked about it's, it's like they need you need to make it so that Cyclops is somebody's favorite. Like you need yes. to like. And so, I think they will. I hope so. Like literally to yeah. the point of like just hire Lord Miller if they're willing to do it. Look, man, they, they took characters like the Eternals, mm -hmm. if we're talking about Marvel Studios, yeah. and they knew enough to make this movie the Eternals with those characters that are so obscure and yeah. very, very thin compared to X-Men characters yeah. that are very deep and cool. And they made a movie where you could watch it and people have different, oh, that's my favorite. That's This character yeah. is my favorite. This character is my favorite. So you know that Scott Summers is going to look awesome. He's going to, you know, these characters are going to feel like Storm. They're not going to f up storm yeah. you guys like that yes. no 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 shade to Halle Berry she did great with what she was given but it's no. I think they're gonna yeah. um I don't know man I I I my favorite I I think I might go Miguel I think I might go 2099 interesting because I Re love, I love that character I love Spider-Man 2099 uh yeah. I, I love my big grumpy boys in movies yeah I was a little unhinged at the no spoilers but he's yeah a, he's a little challenging in this movie uh -huh. <laughs> he is he is but I like it yeah also, I, Oscar Isaac. I don't great. like your answer, Hector. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm hoping what beyond the Spider Verse. I'm hoping beyond the Spider Verse. We really we've got wow. room to give Miguel a comeback. I thought he, he 
with, do I need to do I need to defend no my spoiler, answer with no spoilers? I can't yeah, explain def- to you why I don't like your answer. Oh, I see. <laughs> but I don't like I'll, your I'll, answer. But, I'll I'll try to defend my answer with uh, spoilers. I think that yeah. he's a very um, uh, there's a lot of potential with the character. I think he is more complex than than some of the other. I mean, like Spider-Man India is like a delight, yes. but it's not the most complex character. <laughs> like um, Spider Spider Punk is really awesome. Maybe not the most complex character, but there's some complexity there. There's some really cool stuff happening there. But I just think that Miguel, Oscar crushed it. Oscar yes. Isaac did an, a phenomenal job. He's a great voice actor. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the look. I love the design. Oh, he and looks I, great. He looks so it's cool. It's just super, super cool. Super cool. I just love how beefy that boy yeah. was. So, um, yeah. But there, uh, there's so many that could be your I mean, everybody. No, no. Let's say no wrong answers. Only stupid <laughs> answers, but no wrong answers. Roxy, who favorite you guys, person. Who would you guys think is my favorite? Uh, is there a Boston Spider-Man? Does that this I give quick, you guys quick... any hints? Oh, is, is it is Spider Punk? Spider Punk. Come yeah, on, the the yeah. fuck Daniel Kaluuya's voice is like mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> it is so good. I yeah. hate the AM. I hate the PM. Great. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm obsessed. That, I Roxy, think he's amazing, but was, honestly, it's not fair to not say that my favorite isn't Miles. I think that that at yeah. the base of this movie, yeah, he's the one that I, I align with the most, and I think that he is like just such a great core character. Um, yes, but I agree. yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of really really great ones. Um, something I thought that was really cool about Gwen Stacy, and oh, I just like her in general. She, Gwen Stacy is all of the reasons that Gwen Stacy works for me and Lois Lane does not. Um, but I, mm. I, I'll go into that later on in spoilers. Ooh, but I want to hear that because I have to. I feel like I got to go to bat for my for my lady Lois. 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 What yeah. are we doing? Same, 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 Hector. Same. But, but I was watching an interview with Haley um, Steinfeld, and I'm so sorry because I don't remember who did it. Might have been Ash, somebody in our sphere that whose stuff I'm always looking at. And Haley was talking about how the choices for everything Gwen Stacy related were. The, um, that they wanted her to be like a mood ring and everything around mm-hmm. her to be like a mood ring. And cool. I thought that like she was the most whole in terms of like, you could sense exactly how she felt in every moment um, and the difficulties and like everything, all the colors would change as she walks, as she moves, as she thinks, as she turns. Um, yep. no. And I thought that that was the, she was the coolest visually to me yep totally um roxy i'm right there with you spider punk is my favorite i didn't going into this i wasn't thinking spider book would be the winner for me but it's like oh man you're so fucking cool roxy was that also was that also was that also our friend Dorina's favorite spider person? I have to imagine very anti-fascist Dorina yeah. probably loves spider punk. <laughs> I, I think that she totally dug him too. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to talk to her about her favorite, but if I had to guess, yeah. And I also, I mean, like just thinking about everybody, um, I thought that Issa Rae did an amazing job too. Like, really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool, cool. And super curious. And just for a lot of these characters, in the future, what that looks like. Cause I think we yeah. did, did see the like building blocks of what could be. Great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
we've beaten around the bush enough. Let's go into spoilers. Full spoilies. Um, Hector, Roxy, do you why don't you? Why, first of all, why don't you like Lois Lane? Roxy, what's going <laughs> on here? Spoilers for Spider Verse. Roxy, why don't you like Lois Lane? I think that Lois Lane is an antiquated character that they need to do an entire like makeover on, and the closest is it. Is it? Is it just the the secret identity thing? Is it just the fact that she is a very good reporter, but doesn't know that Clark is no, Superman? No, but that is an aspect. But it's the damsel in okay. distress constantly thing. On on um, Superman and Lois, they're doing a good yeah. job to make her have to be smart. Um, She's a great character. She, yeah, they're doing way better. But just at since I was a little girl, I just have okay. thought like, what a bummer that no, nonstop this woman cannot um, live function mm-hmm. independently. She cannot function mm-hmm. independently. That crushes mm-hmm. me. And I'm a lover of love, shipper of ships. I think everybody's got a part to play. But just the aspect of it all constantly, um, as opposed to Gwen Stacy uh, and as opposed to MJ, as opposed to a lot of people. You, you know what's so funny, too, is that I, I want to say in relation to this movie, and they touched on it a little bit, is that Gwen acknowledges the fact that she goes, in every reality, Gwen Stacy dies. Yeah, like she knows that she is an anomaly, yeah. and I love the 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 introduction of this character in the comic books because I think it kind of fully redeemed Gwen Stacy as a character. Because yeah. as a comic book fan, as a comic book reader, since the seventies until until basically Spider Gwen appeared, all Gwen Stacy was and was known for is dying. Yeah, she died, and, and it, not only that, the reason she was killed off is because she was boring. <laughs> yes, which is a bummer yeah. because she's still she not comes, boring here. No, oh, it, well, that's so- what that's what I'm saying is that her character. I think that DJ's right in a way. Mary Jane Watson or MJ no. Michelle Jones, whichever version of MJ, is a commentary on Gwen because after Gwen was killed off, because the writers were like she is too bland and kind of boring as a character, they brought in MJ. And you read those old comics today, and they're antiquated themselves. But Mary no. Jane had a personality where she was like, "I like this, I like that, I have my own agency," and it completely shifted. The, the 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 sort of male superhero female love interest dynamic. I think some of the MJ bled into Lois Lane and influenced her depiction. But just to just to defend Lois for a second, it is difficult to tell people how great Lois Lane is as a character. And the examples you come up with are like, but watch these cartoons from the 30s, right? <laughs> or what? Right? Because I'm like, yes, it, by by today's standards not a great character but in the 30s she was a woman who was a first of all she had a job she was in the workforce and she was the best reporter on staff and she was getting herself into precarious situations not because she was a damsel in distress but because she was a brave person and i love couldn't handle herself though got herself in over her head 10 out of 10 times here's the here's the deal no not 10 out of 10 times but it's again, she's such an old character. She is from she is from 1938 yeah. is when the you know that it's difficult for me to sit here and be like, no, she's great. She's a very feminist a icon like like Wonder Woman. <laughs> I mean, she's gotten some over the years. But here's the other thing, Roxy. There hasn't just been a good Superman movie since the 70s. And even that's too dated to watch. Yeah. That's the thing. When people talk smack about Lois Lane or Superman or a lot of DC characters, I go, it's not your fault. 
They haven't ma- they haven't been depicted well in movies. Now, if I talk about, you know who's a great character? Peggy Carter. People agree, oh yeah, she's great. Why? Because the movies did a good job. No, because the movie, that's the so character not Peggy I, Carter. No, it I, absolutely is fair. It changes people's perceptions about characters. Not when you're talking to me when I've read every iteration of Lois Lane. Like, it, I, it's not... Yeah. It's, really? I mean, she's bothered me since I was five. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. there's never been a version of Lois Lane that I felt was like fully stands on our own. The closest we've seen is the TV show, which is, uh, is pretty Superman good. and Lois. Yeah. 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 Not, I did like, I think it was, uh, was it, who wrote the Lois Lane comic recently? I don't, was it, it wasn't Bendis. Greg Rucka, I think. Yeah, I think it was Rucka. Uh, but, Maybe. but I will say that I think I would argue, and I think Hector would agree with me that your problem, Roxy is less with Lois Lane. Although that might not be true. Cause I hear what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I would argue the problem is less Lois Lane and more the men that write Lois Lane. But to get us back sure. onto spider verse, yeah. speaking of Gwen, we do open this movie to the point where I was like, wait, is this a Gwen movie? Which would have been cool. It's not, but it would have been cool. Um, kind of, it kind of is. We, we, we open with, and we, and we kind of bookend the story with Gwanda and her dad. Um, uh, Shay, Wiggum, by the way, playing Captain Stacy, and I love Shay Wiggum. Anytime he shows up, I'm like, fuck yeah. Also, uh, sorry not to derail myself, but uh, J.K. I love that J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson in every universe. He just that he is J. Yes. Jonah Jameson. He, he's a constant. Anyway, uh, Roxy, let's start with you. Uh, what did we think about the uh, the bookends with with Gwen and what we did with Gwen in this movie? I, I don't think, know why I did this. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I thought it was brilliant because I think that. Um, it, it was not super black and white, even though I'm so wildly opinionated on the matter. It's like, mm-hmm. you see what's happening and you get it. You get why her dad feels the way he feels. And yes. like people who are really good at their job and are fair. I don't know anything about astrology and I'm from Boston. So I, we don't really even believe in that stuff, but as I learn more and more <laughs> through all of my LA woo-woo friends who I adore with my whole heart and um, teach me about things like there's some people on this planet that above all else being fair is mm-hmm. what matters to them, like to equal to everybody. And it's hard to not respect somebody who treats their daughter the same way they would treat any criminal they found or whatever, you know, like, even though I'm like violent over it, you're like, I, this is a really interesting character choice and I get what you're going for here. Uh, But it also gives you major sympathy or depending on your own past Mm -hmm. empathy points for Gwen. And because of this mood ring aspect of what I'm talking about, like they just were able to make us feel things so quickly for this character that then we can step away from having that knowledge and then implement throughout the rest of the movie so that when inevitably we find out the reveal about her and what she knows about Miles, you don't hate her. You're not sitting there Mm. thinking, I hate this. And if we didn't have all of that, I probably would have turned on her and been like, how dare she? Uh, (laughs) But because of what we had, I didn't feel that way. I felt, wow, Homegirl is stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't envy her position. She, she, is, she is like her dad. And the movie spells that out. Because to her, her dad is brave. And her dad is, her dad is, she says, you're a good cop. 
you know, almost as though she knows maybe what he has to deal with trying to be a good person in that system, which is not always uh, rewarding to people that try to be good and fair. Um, but 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 yeah, she she's like, I I lied to you for these specific reasons. Then you feel for the dad because that's why George held that gun up because he's he's processing it. But he goes, but my daughter has been lying to me. So can I truly, what's going on? I don't have all the information. All I know is that my daughter has been lying to me. Put your hands up. We need, you know, and, and he had this almost like Luke Skywalker, Last Jedi moment where it was a fleeting thing. And then when we revisit them again later, he is obviously depressed because he hasn't seen his daughter in days or whatever. Like, like you just, you feel for that guy so much and the performance helps and the writing helps. But yeah, when Gwen reveals that she knew why Miles hadn't been invited, why they did, why they couldn't go, why him, why her and Peter B couldn't go visit Miles. There's this very specific reason for it. It's heartbreaking, but I still love Gwen and Peter B. And especially because the end of the film sets them up to be like, let's go help Miles. Yeah. We're we're wrong. Miles was right. Let's go help our guy. Let's mm-hmm. go help this kid. And it's awesome. So um so speaking of helping Miles, the 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 this part of the conflict revolves around this thing that we learned called canon events, which specifically, obviously, uh, an Uncle Ben Great. figure is <laughs> part of them. This one, I would have worded it differently, but it boils down to a captain must die. Um, um, we get flashes. It was funny when I was leaving the theater, somebody was like, I don't know. What do you mean a captain? I know Uncle Ben, but what do you mean a captain die? When in Spider-Man history does a captain die? And it's like, I they mean, they showed you. you. They showed you the scenes. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man issue number 90. George Stacy died. It's, yeah. a, it's a formative, like it needs to happen they, they showed that they showed amazing spider-man i want to show they showed a scene that didn't happen in spectacular spider there's an animated spider-man with a captain stacy that feels like was spectacular which i don't think that happened in the show but i, I i'm trying to remember but i think that also might have been, may have been just an uncle ben death because i think they showed mm. that little sequence from this cartoon from 2008 as miguel or someone was were describing canon events period yeah because they also okay. showed uncle ben's death in various realities the comic yeah. books so i think that was uncle ben okay i and think then, that's what that was and also there's another moment where spectacular spider-man steps up and says something that was one of those moments hector and i was like ah, you guys get it just as you guys are as humans immediately when you hear this dilemma and this is why your favorite character yeah. puts you in question for me hector but what are you guys thinking? Are you guys immediately like, okay, Captain must die, Roxy. that's the truth? Or are you guys Roxy. like, no, we save everybody's Miles is Miles Miles is going to show everybody the way. Right, but I what are you as a person feeling in that? Like, if that's you... What do you mean? What's the what's the what's the question you're asking? Are, are you going to let your captain die? <laughs> oh, and that well, it depends, Roxy. Are you asking Hector this in the year uh, 1995? In the year 2002, I'm, I'm in the year 2023, right now, so it's 2023. Okay, so 2023. Uh, are you Miguel after, in this situation? After I just watched uh, Across the Spider Verse, Roxy, we're all of us Miguel. That's the point of this movie. Is that we have? I am not that, Miguel. The point of this movie. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. We're all of us Miles. Okay, okay. We're yeah. all of us Miles. To answer your question, what do I think is going to happen in part three? I think that Miles is going to show everybody no, the right way that. to be it's a superhero. A, but it's but it's tied it's tied into it, Roxy. It's tied into my answer. Miles Morales is such an anomaly because he is the new version of Spider Man, 
and he's the new version of a superhero. And since superheroes were invented in 1938 with Superman, and since they were expanded upon in 1961 with the Fantastic Four, in 1962 with Amazing Fantasy issue number 15 and the origin of Peter Parker and Uncle Ben Must Die, and for the decades since then where superhero stories have to involve the tragic death of a parent or the tragic death of a planet or the tragic, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. We've now gotten to a point where we are meta commenting on the superhero formula itself. And now superhero stories, what's interesting is, can we ask a story of, well, what would Bruce Wayne be without the death of his parents? Would he be Batman? Is the answer a resounding no? There's no goodness in this kid's heart. If his shitty parents, Thomas and Martha, survived and they're just rich people, would Bruce not be a philanthropist? Would he still use his money and technology to train and try to, or would he be a spoiled rich kid? Is it better that Thomas and Martha died because they are forever anointed as saints to, to Bruce and he doesn't have to contend with his his parents being maybe flawed people the way we all do like Bruce is forever the stunted child looking up at you know and when I say Bruce I'm talking about all superhero characters Clark Kent right it, it never has to deal with his father Jor-El and Lara his mother from Krypton but Hector, how are is, they as flawed people you absolutely the answer, understand what they're doing yes but I'm asking you yes. Hector yeah if you're in this situation are you, if you are you Miguel if you or ask are you me Miles? This, if you asked me this before I saw this movie, yes, okay. and you came to me and you said, Hector, there is a magical thing that lets me see the future, and I know that your mom is going to die. Yep. But you have to let her die, otherwise your reality will unravel. Yep. If you asked me this before I saw this movie, I would sit there and go, I, I guess if this is what you're telling me and this is what the rules are, I have to let my loved one, I have to let my mom die to save my reality, right? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. But since seeing this movie and understanding what it's commenting on, which is superhero formula, superhero rules, and even the fact that Miles is not Peter Parker, but he is a Afro-Latino superhero. He is a young black man. He is a young brown man. He is a a bilingual, uh, 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 an anomaly, somebody who is different than what came before. And within his own story, he's going to change this. He's going to do his own thing. And the proof was when Gwen came back to her reality, after Gwen believed Miguel O'Hara, after Gwen believed the whole rules of the world, she gets back to her reality and her dad goes, I quit the force. And she goes, so you're no longer captain. So the, So it's not set in stone. We can change what these narratives are. Gwen herself is a is a commentary on that. I we were just talking about how Gwen Stacy was a character who only ever died. But since they introduced the Spider Gwen version of the character, she is an equal to Spider-Man. She has her own story, her own powers, her own tragedy. She lost her own Peter, but she is right there with Peter Parker. And now when people think about Gwen Stacy, they think about that version of the character, not the one who died, mm -hmm. not the Emma Stone version who also died. Mm -hmm. not, so I think the answer to the question is no. Of course I would not let my loved one die. There's always another way. And if that's not the most pure superhero th thing ever, then then we've then superhero stories have failed us. Then of then then you know, if Miles can't show us how to actually be a superhero, now I'm not saying that he's going to figure out a way to go back in time and save every Uncle Ben yeah. and that they're going to retroactively change a lot of these characters' stories fundamentally. No, but going forward, Miles' story. Going forward, other superhero characters. Kamala Khan has her parents. They're still alive, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that we've gotten to a point in superhero stories where 
we can step back and go, okay, but we don't need that cliche anymore. That's silly. People can be good for the sake of good. They don't have to be like, you don't have to go through what some of these characters go through to just learn basic human empathy and to try to make the world better around you. Does that, did that answer the question, Roxy? Yeah. Okay. Roxy, am I, are, do you have a different answer? Or you're like, no, I would let them die. <laughs> no, but I think I never would. I mean, it's the same dilemma as the train track, right? That we are asked when we're kids the trolley like, problem, on the playground, yeah. right? Like, do you yeah. let your one family member live and you kill a hundred strangers or whatever? When, when really the best answer is if a kid goes, I'd stop the trolley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then parents go, no, that's not the rules. And it's like, fuck your rules. Fuck the, your the, rules. The, 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 the point of this but- stupid scenario... Yeah. At the same time, um, <laughs> as a, a – If I can play devil's advocate for a moment. It, it's not playing devil's advocate, but uh, – and I might get some heat for this. But as a DPC member, I absolutely don't think I could have been as good of a person if my mom didn't die. I don't think I would have been. Uh, I don't think I would have been. Could have been? I guess you are right, Hector, that maybe I could have. And maybe that is the point. That, like, we should stop waiting for these horrible, tragic things to happen to us in order to wake up and be like, wait a second, um, life is short and I should treat people well. That's definitely yeah. a great lesson. I don't think that's been implemented enough in the world yet, which is why the, the structure has been this way. Every Disney princess. Le- like, mm-hmm. legitimately, if you are a superhero or yeah. a, or a supervillain, if you are a Disney princess um, or any like version of this, so like a Harry Potter or whatever else yeah. is in your that special realm, boy, whoever the special boy girl is, you cannot have your parents. That is what we Correct. have told society. You cannot. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of yeah. get it. Yeah, I will say this. I do think the canon event thing is kind of dumb because uh, it's more time travel rules than multiverse rules. And we never really explain, like, listen, if this person doesn't die, the multiverse falls apart. Why? <laughs> Why is that? Why? What is that? How does that equation work? And of course, like, the hero is presented with that and they're like, oh, I got to stop it. And I do think it is a little, we always do this in these narratives, it's a little disingenuous to be like, um, whenever, like, this is, you have to accept sacrifice. And the hero's like, no, and then they don't. And it's like, well, that's not the world we live in. Like, sometimes bad things happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. So I do think there might be merit, and I do think these movies are emotionally intelligent enough that maybe Miles can't save his dad. Um, But uh, uh, we... We'll yeah, but at see. least he's not fucking Man of Steel who doesn't try to save his dad. <laughs> yeah, but but again, that's a bad movie, Roxy. It's a bad, it's a bad movie. But I'm just – no, I genuinely yeah. mean that. Like even if he yeah. can't yeah. DJ, at least he does yeah. – we are seeing he is going to give it his all. Okay, Correct. so to answer your question, before we move – to answer your question, Roxy, if I'm talking to Miguel and Miguel was like, yeah, I tried to broke the rules and here is objective – footage of right, an right, entire right. reality being wiped out i'm like yeah but how yeah. okay oh. i don't know i don't have any evidence to say that won't happen so how i guess i'm believing you <laughs> but dj this is why miguel as a character killed me um and makes sense for this movie but killed yeah. me you because of something that happened to you 
you you think that your world is everything? Well, like, but I will say, Roxy, Miles did save the captain from India, and there's a giant multidimensional hole in the city. So there are reasons. There's more than yeah. just Miguel's one experience. It's, it's a metaphor for capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> again, well, the best spider person. You know, again, going back to the core of what Spider-Man is, when Peter Parker or Spider-Man lost his Uncle Ben, that made him understand it's a shortcut storytelling thing, but within that character, within Peter's own mind and heart, it made him understand this is what's at stake for not just me, but for everyone. So with great power, which is what I have comes great responsibility. I have to do everything in my power to prevent this from, uh, for, from happening from other people. I don't want other people to lose their uncle Ben. You know, Batman did the same thing. I don't want other kids to lose their parents. So that's why I'm going to devote my life. And there's never been a parent that died since Batman made that decision. That's right. (laughs) That's right. You know, honestly, I would like that. Like, there's been some great comic books and and even little stories with Spider-Man where you actually do get to see the impact that he's had within the city. Yeah. And I know people are like, Spider-Man's a menace. But there's this great comic where he goes around saving a couple people and this one woman who's pregnant, she gets her life saved by some accident or a supervillain. And she goes, what's your name? And he's like, Spider-Man. She goes, no, what's your real name? I'm going to name my baby after you. And oh, he I think thinks I about this. it for a, yeah. Right. And he thinks yeah. about it for a second. And he goes, and he doesn't say Peter. He goes, Ben. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Ben. That's a great name, Ben. So she names her kid Ben, and the end of the comic is a bunch of people have named their unborn children Ben because mm-hmm. Spider-Man has saved them. You get chills thinking about this yeah. because Spider-Man has saved enough people in the city that it's in a way made up for the fact that he lost his Ben. Yeah. But the spirit of Ben lives on. That's cool. And I wish Batman stories did that more. I wish yeah. Batman stories did like, here's a Gotham City, here's a kid, something happened, but the kid, his parents come home that night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get to see the impact yeah. of, of That'd of be good. Bruce. That'd yeah, be good. That'd be it good. would be nice. We, we it would add be nice, some positivity but, uh, to Batman. We can add some positivity there. Okay, we got to... So for the end of the movie, uh, we find out, uh, and I really like this plot point. I thought this was really interesting, that that we get confirmed that the spider the bit Miles wasn't from his reality, so there's a universe without Spider-Man. So I mean, good. He ends up... He's trying to go home. It reads the DNA from the spider and not him and sends him to the wrong reality. How so quickly did you guys feel like that was – like did you guys – the second he gets in the machine, he's going from where – were you guys yes. like, oh, this is going to be a problem? Yes. It, it wasn't until we did – and I thought the reveal – I will say I thought the ending dragged a lot because it's like wait for the reveal. Wait for it. It's coming. <laughs> and it's like it's going to be Evil Miles. But wait for it. And then we've got to do – and then we got to do this thing with Gwen. It's like – Come on, guys. We know what's happening here. It reminded me, Casino Royale is a movie I love, but that also has a movie that it's like, we're dragging to get to this moment. And it's like, we could just get there. Anyway, um, so it took me, it wasn't immediately, it wasn't until we did the reveal, like, oh, he's in the wrong reality. He's in the wrong reality, and we find out in this reality, Miles is Prowler. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Could be evil, could not. We set him up to be evil, but we'll see. His uncle Aaron is alive, but his father Jefferson died. Yes. Because again, if you have the opportunity to bring Mahershala Ali back, you got to do, do it. it. You got to take do it. it. What do we think, uh, Roxy? Let's start with you. What do we think we're building towards and beyond the Spider Verse? Um, well, first of all, I thought that the reveal didn't drag at all, and I thought it was perfect, and the timing was amazing <laughs> on it. And I also think about the fact that, like, if I was twelve watching this, I think that would have been like my "I see dead people" moment. Like, mm-hmm. j- it just is so... Because it hit me like a shit ton of bricks. 
Um, So I thought it was just so cool how they did it. And even though everybody around is guessing it, like when you figure it out, you're like, I know what's happening here. (laughs) It was great. Uh, Just so, so cool. You are right that we don't know that he's evil. Um, Odds are that he probably I had in my nose evil miles and i'm like well wait (laughs) but i I do think it's interesting to go back to hector's initial point like um and what i was saying earlier about the superheroes and supervillains you either when events come in life you either decide to become better or bitter and Mm -hmm. this kid had the had a huge loss too and clearly is not a superhero so um I do. Every every right to become bitter. Every right to. It, it's interesting. It looks like the divergent point might be the the death of um, because uh, he well first the divergent point is he did he as soon as far as we know he did not get bit by that spider. Right. So yeah. this prowler Miles does not have spider powers. He's just like suited up and is the prowler. But is he the prowler because his uncle was already the prowler and his uncle just hands off the gear? Yeah. Was he is he the prowler because he invents because he's really smart the prowler gear? We don't know, but. It's it's more so that because he lost his dad and not his uncle, his dad is no longer the influence. His mom is still an influence, but then his mom Rio's great, of, by the way. His mom's great. And also in the whole uh, movie, she's amazing. Hot. But she's his also mom hot. just throwing that out there. <laughs> when in this universe, when they lose uh, uh, her husband, I think she becomes more open to letting Aaron into their life. Because remember, in the first movie, they talk about how Aaron kind of went his own way and they don't really like dealing with him. But then Miles looks up to him so much and he kind of goes and secretly sees him. But I love the scene in in this movie at the end where Uncle Aaron in this reality just hands a stack of cash to Mm -hmm. Rio. And she doesn't go, no, get your money out of here. She's like, thank you. Because he's like, hey, your family. And it feels like they're trying to show like he kind of stepped up maybe to be more of a father figure, but to try to protect, like help her in his way, which is probably illegal money from being a criminal. Yeah. And so I think that that even the loss of Jefferson and how he what kind of influence he has, you're going to see a reality where Miles is fully influenced by Aaron, Uncle Aaron, who's a criminal and Rio kind of allowing that. And what does that you know, what does that make for him? It That reveal, by the way. As soon as he stepped into the go home machine, and it will a little, they really quickly on the screen said reality forty two. Yeah, and I leaned over to my buddy and I said, "He's not going home. He's mm-hmm. going to this universe where there's no spider. There's yeah. no Spider Man, and there's no spider." And I was sitting there just like, "They're gonna keep the way they kept intercutting between where he is yeah. and then his home universe, where Gwen popped into looking for him. It was so so great. And the more and more we saw the reveal." At one point, I did lean over. I think as soon as Uncle Aaron walked in, I leaned over and I went, Aaron didn't die in this one. Miles' dad did. But then the reveal of the dad on the mural, gut punch. That was so sad. Also. So sad. Small thing, but props to the movie. He is not uh, Jefferson Davis. He's Jefferson Morales, which is great because Jefferson Davis is the name of the Confederate president. And I don't know why we decided to name Miles' dad that, (laughs) but I'm glad that it's Jefferson Morales. Great. Simple fix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Um, I think, think, you know what, Roxy? I think that we're going to get a redemption arc for Miguel O'Hara in Spider-Man 2099. Definitely. As of this point. It's a weird yeah. favorite character to have, Hector. Hey, he he's just the coolest, okay? I like a nice uh, Mexican-Irish bad guy. That, that's all <laughs> I can cool. tell you. He's I, cool, but you yeah. also want to punch him in the face a little bit, you know? <laughs> you do. You do, but good luck because he's tough. <laughs> yeah. uh, but And I think the third movie is going to pivot to, oh, my God, this is how much the spot has become 
unwieldy and Love we all all hands on deck we all need help with this and i honestly think we're going to get more live action cameos i think we're going to get a tom holland uh andrew garfield and toby Maguire cameo moment we uh, might get a tom hardy venom cameo moment um another I, I cameo that the yeah. one thing that i didn't see that felt like it had to be per- purposeful and then we're saving it for three no yeah. christopher daniel barnes from spider-man the animated series yeah i think he's going to show up with his little like polo shirt like yeah. with a little aqua. I, well, I think with the way that show ends, which by the way, Sal and I are getting near to the fe- yeah. finale of Spider-Versity, but with the way that show ends, it's like he's it, probably going to be the, oh, I've been in the multiverse. I've been dicking around the multiverse since the 90s. I can show yeah. you right where you need to go. <laughs> and he's like, after me and Mary Jane got married, he's, yep. it's, it's going to be like a series finale resolution yep. for a show that began in like 1994, yeah. Roxy. This is this is going to be, it's going to be a great payoff. <laughs> you guys so. mentioned briefly the spot who we haven't talked much about. Um, and yeah. I just think that he's such a great villain for this movie because it, yes. how tired, maybe you guys aren't, but I've just been so tired of villains who are like, I need to save the universe by cutting everybody in half. By mm-hmm. taking, getting rid of people, like, you know, I'm doing it for the greater good. I love this dude's motivation and, like, everything he says. Like, you said yeah. that I was not a big enough to be the big bad. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm huge. Mm-hmm. Like, and just everything about it. Like, and, and you you did this to me? Now I'm yeah. stuck like this because of you? It's just 100%. Great. So much um, smaller and closer to home and doesn't have to be my i'm gonna save the universe bad guy style it, it like his whole thing is just a big f you you mess with me yeah. mm-hmm. i mess with you that's how life works and i'm like simple and the way he looked and just the even the the moment um when we are introduced to him in the convenience store um with the atm which i guess yeah, we should great. just be calling at machine but mm-hmm. like I, that whole thing i'm just like this is so great you're great. You, I made you Spider-Man and you made me this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, 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 and he's set up in a way where normally the, the big bad of superhero movies normally are given some little bit of a redemption, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, in the first film, I think it was Uncle Aaron. Yeah. When, as soon as he realized Miles was his nephew, I think he kind of pulled a 180. And I think that if he had survived, he would have been like, I'm done with my life of crime. Like, I, I honestly think that. I think yeah. that too. And I think... Right. And I, so it's like, but in that film, the, the irredeemable villain was Kingpin. Yeah. Great. Worked perfect for the story. I think in this movie, the redeemable villain is Miguel. And I think the irredeemable one, I don't think that the spot's going to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. He may even get to a point where, because they arrested the Kingpin at the end of the first movie and he got put in jail. And we haven't seen or heard from him in the second one a year later within the universe. But I don't think that spot's going to be saved and like depowered and Miles is going to be like, there, we did it. And now this scientist is no longer a threat, but he's going to be able to live his life, maybe reform him. I think he might like explode. Like yeah. I think he might be the villain that they just like have to kill. And it's not going to be this big moral thing within the universe. He's going to become like too powerful. He ascends to godhood and they have to be like, we have to squash this. But Miguel O'Hara is going to have that redemptive, you know, heroic arc. Um, so, which is great. You sometimes, you, like Roxy's saying, you just need a bad guy like that, nice and simple. Not every bad guy can be this killmonger, like level interesting, you know, yeah. you, you, you know, really challenge everybody on like a, like a thematic level. That's what Miguel, that's what his purpose is in this film. So yeah. I yeah. also think we get a mention on the radio. We hear them mention, he either, he either says the Sinister Six Syndicate or the Sinister yeah. Syndicate. Um, yeah. so we're probably going to get a lot more villains. 
in the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we, I think that, that this movie had a, a big Miles' mom presence. I think that the third movie might have a little bit more of a Miles' dad presence. Like, yeah. that one's going to be the dad movie. Yeah. I think we might get a little bit more Peter B. But Please. also, Peter B. Parker's story is completed. Yeah. His story arc was the first film. And so for him to be in this movie not until an hour or so into it, I think is great. Let's focus on Gwen. Let's focus on Miles, right? Let's yeah. let's give, give me a little bit of Miguel. Let's focus on these other characters. Peter B. Parker comes in and he just has a baby and his whole conundrum is like, am I going to be a good dad? It's like, well, you already kind of thought you weren't going to be, but then you had the kid anyway. And even your wife, MJ, is calling you out. You're asking me this now. So I think Peter B. is going to kind of continue to be fine, but I think he might have a little bit more of a mentorship and a little bit more of a, man, the moment where he tells Miles, I had the kid because of you mm-hmm. is like, Great. Yeah. <laughs> I love really it. Really good. And also, we should let Peter grow up and have a kid in the comics, like in canon 616, yeah. and let Miles yeah. just be Spider Man, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it for this episode. Hector, before we go, uh, any final thoughts and where can people find you? Yeah, I think Lois Lane is a fantastic character. I think my, my uh, assignment to myself is I'm going to try to find some great examples of why Lois Lane is great. She but too I many also... parents to be great. That's the problem. But it's it's look at at the end of the day, I think she's one of the best supporting characters in comics. But she it sucks because she, yeah, I do because I. But I think she's in the same category as like Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Am I mad that Commissioner Gordon is not crime fighting like Batman and putting on a suit? No, I don't need Commissioner Jim Gordon to do that. I th- I kind of know what his role is. The same way I don't need Mary Jane to have powers or MJ to have powers, but I think she's a great character. You know, as a as a love interest, but also her own character in the Spider-Man mythos. But I love that Gwen has powers. I love that there's other versions of the superhero story where, you know, I love it when Peggy gets powers and she's the super soldier. Um, that's fine. But I also love it when Peggy is depowered and then she gets to retire with Steve Rogers in the 50s in an alternate universe. But I'm going to find some great Lois Lane stuff for you, Roxy. But maybe she does need a revamp. And I th- And I love the notion that she knows immediately that Clark is Superman, but she's like... Come here. Come here for a second. What are you doing, Superman? What are you, you know? And he's like, well, this is, I have to, I don't know. There's versions where it could be very romantic. Your glasses don't fool me. It works. It It works. The problem is when it, it it works when Superman and Clark Kent aren't interacting with the same people. If Clark Kent just interacts with you and you never meet Superman or you meet Superman and never meet Clark Kent, it works. It frustrates me. Yeah, we have to have Superman interact with Lois Lane. Maybe not Jimmy Olsen. Maybe stop hanging out with Jimmy, Superman, the superhero. (laughs) But, you know, have Clark be friends with Jimmy. But, yeah, maybe there's versions of the story where Lois knows right off the bat. And she, you know, again, the end of Man of Steel was interesting because he shows up and Lois Lane goes, welcome to the planet. Mm -hmm. Almost as though the entire Daily Planet staff knows, but they're protecting Clark. Kind of like how that movie hinted at the city of the town of Smallville knowing that Clark is Superman, but they're all kind of protecting him. Mm -hmm. But then that's not the case. They did not. um, Uh, Again, those movies are bad. Uh, Roxy, uh, final thoughts and where can people see what you're up to? (laughs) Um, Stoked on this movie. Stoked on the next one. Can't wait to see it. And everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Uh, very thankful. I did double check as we were recording. Next movie should be coming out next year. I hope that's true. Sooner the better. Don't want to have to wait shocking. too long. Next year? How? Yeah, I don't want to have to wait five years. Well, because I think they did it at the same time. But I yeah. just don't. I'm glad. No, glad I don't have to wait another five years. Um, you can find me DJ Talks Trash. You can find the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter. You got the vowels from stupid. Man, Twitter's not good to use anymore. We're probably no, gonna it have sucks. to. Yeah, it's it's not. A, it's a bummer. Bums. 
bums me out. Uh, anyway, also Google Image Search is kind of trash now, just as we're ruining things. Don't know. Anyway, that's it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.